0: Welcome, 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 welcome. Um, This is the Living uh, Triggered Life podcast um, with Keith Maskell.
1: And Roxanne Maskell.
0: Um, This is our first time uh, recording and our first session. And uh, we'll be coming to you. um, And the show will approximately be about half an hour or so, just so you guys uh, will know that. Um, Today, uh, we'll be uh, talking about the why. Why is it called? Living a Triggered Life, Uh, you'll be hearing a little bit more about um, what we do, um, what this podcast will be about. Um, So I will start out um, and tell you a little bit about myself. My name is Keith Maskell. I'm an actor, um, Screen Actors Guild, Actors Equity, full-time actor, social impact artist, um, and survivor of, male survivor of sexual abuse. And got involved in a project called Triggered, which is a story about uh, a male by the name of Malik, um, who's reflecting on his looking at his past and trying to understand the abuse, but also looking towards the future to what what will happen to him, so to speak. Um, And that just that story alone struck struck a chord in me. And I grabbed my wife, Roxanne, um, and we decided we have been looking for a project for to use art as a social tool for social workers and other folks and felt like this was the project for us to work on. So um, we got, I, got started, I got started with that, but I've always been passionate about young people. I've always been passionate about issues um, and projects that can provoke thought and laughter, but also for change and make people think. And I felt like this this project was, was, was something that was uh, powerful, but also gave me a platform to be able to, as a survivor, talk about my story. So that kind of what has led, led me to doing this podcast. And what's the podcast going to be about? Love, our love, our relationship, how we met, the fact that we're bringing our own trauma histories to the relationship. I'm a survivor of sexual abuse. Roxanne will share hers. And how do we figure it out? How do we make that? We'll process live certain times, certain issues between us. We'll process it live right here. We'll talk about it. Right? So we'll mainly be about our relationship and about us and and how we've come to the point of doing this podcast and our pace of healing and our journey to healing. But we will also have guests on as well. Um, psychotherapists, social workers, friends of ours, um, to talk more about this and we'll hopefully have another couple on to be able to, to talk to them about how they deal with whatever they deal with. Right. So we're all learning. So we're an expert on our, on our relationship. Um, not necessarily experts on other people's relationships, but hopefully what we will be able to share hopefully will help other couples who are going through the same thing. Because everybody's going through this in some ways, right? People are getting uh, triggered in relationships and activated in relationships, and the two people have to figure out how to deal with that. And so hopefully by sharing our, our ways and how we're dealing with it, that some people can come up with some other ways for themselves or try what, we, what we're doing. I mean it's no more than that. You know, that's where we'll start with. We'll start there and then and then we'll probably, you know, probably move in a in a different direction. I mean, I think I think that's important. It's important to stay to say and just be clear about it. The podcast will be about our relationship and how we bring our own trauma histories to it and how we deal with it. As individuals, together, separately, and also me as a black male, talk about what it's like to be a black male, what it's like to be a survivor of abuse and be a black male, and have to try to redefine my, um, my manhood as I navigate the world, will be talked about. And of course, we'll be talking a lot with Roxanne about her background and all that stuff as well, because that's just as equally as important. But we don't have as many black men talking about mental health and exactly what their issues are. Right. We have a lot of people talking in general right now, which is really great about sports and mental health. But I'm naming what my what my trauma is. I'm naming what it is. I'm being extra vulnerable. You know, and soft, as some people would say, because I'm actually sharing how I feel about what has happened to me and the process of dealing with it and how it's affected my mental health and how it's affected my relationships and how it's affected my career as an actor, as an educator and producer, social impact artist, founder of the Triggered Project, www.triggered1, the number, of course, number1.com, wwwtriggered So that's what it's going to be about, what we're doing, what we're doing with the Triggered Project, what, what, what Roxanne's going to do with, with in terms of her career and, and things like that as well. So you'll you learn all about us for the most part. Not everything, but almost everything. And we're going to be real. We're not going to sugarcoat this. We're not playing a role. It's not, that type of, it's not that type of a show. We're going to be real about it. Coming with a topic, and we're just going to talk about it. That's it. No more. And no less. But I will let Roxanne talk a little bit. What do you got say, Rox?
1: So, I'm Roxanne and... Hi, Roxanne. Hi, Keith. And I'm a licensed social worker. This is like super strange. I've never done a podcast before, so you got to forgive me. I'm still trying to what figure do you, it out. I mean, you talk
0: out. all the damn time. Like, I don't understand what I the problem do. is. I do.
1: I know I talk all the damn time, but this is like so different for me. But Fine, just talk. we'll see. Just talk. So, uh, let me start again. I'm a licensed social worker, clinical social worker, and I have been doing social work for a really long time.
0: How long works that? Um,
1: 20 plus years.
0: Dang, that's a lot.
1: But I just got my credentials not too long ago. <clears throat> you know how that is chasing the paper. So I love working on these kinds of projects because I really am committed to ensuring that social workers sort of learn how to interact with clients with different issues coming from different backgrounds from them sometimes. And you don't always get that training. So this is really important for me in my mind because I always want to give back uh, to my community, uh, which is communities of color, black and brown, but also to my community of social workers and ensuring that they have what they need to help support people in the community who are looking for therapy. So I do, uh, I've worked with families, I've worked with kids, I've worked in domestic violence. I work with young people, college age, worked <clears throat> with a lot of parents in my time. I'm um, with various issues and um, also worked in healthcare. So I have sort of a vast experience i would say do i have to say anything else
0: no you said a lot you said a lot um did you did you did you go to school
1: yes i graduated from simmons college which is now simmons university with my master's degree in social work and what else what do you mean what else what other college education do i have you
0: have more than one last master's i think
1: I do have another master's from UMass Boston in a human service administration with a concentration in nonprofit uh, management. Mm-hmm. And where'd you, where'd you grow up? <laughs> now I'm being interviewed. I grew up in New York. I identify as a New Rican, which for some people who don't know is a Puerto Rican that grew up in New York. Uh, there's a different sort of identity to that, different feel, different kind of Puerto Rican. And I came to I came to Massachusetts maybe about 20 years ago and ended up staying here because I met this boy, man, child a few years, some time ago, and I ended up staying here and didn't go back home. But, yeah, that's me.
0: And what do you think uh, drew you to social work? Why? Why, why, why?
1: <laughs> um, I've always watched my mother be the person that people who speak Spanish go to, because they were always dealing with people in a hospital setting mm. that didn't speak the language, mm. and they always needed help sort of understanding how to navigate systems and mm-hmm. understand how to get other needs met other than their health care, but was impacting their health. And my mother was always that go-to person for a lot of people who came to, you know, a city hospital. So I watched that for a long time, never really understood what it was. And then one day I went to the symposium for social workers. And while I was there, I started to realize that, wow, these are my people. This is like, this is what I want. This is cool. I like this. Uh, and then I started... And then I saw a table for Simmons, and that's where it all started. Like, I just was, like, clear. That was about maybe six years ago now. I was just clear. I want to be a social worker. I didn't know that's what my mother was doing, even though she's not a trained social worker. But that's what she was doing. She was doing that community social work. So that's my story, how I got to where I am. I finally figured out what I want to be when I grow up.
0: Would you call yourself a clinician?
1: Yeah, I mean, we use a lot of terms in social work, clinician, therapist. Uh, sometimes it depends on what kind of social work you practice, mm-hmm. which sometimes determines um, what or how you identify yourself. But generally, I just use, sometimes I use clinician, but generally I use social worker.
0: But I think, but are, those, are they two different things?
1: Uh. So... They can be. Uh, the, the two sort of distinguishers in my mind is clinicians tend to provide individual therapy, if you will, mm-hmm. um, or group therapy. And social workers, they do the same thing. They provide therapy. But they also include uh, the case management piece and mm-hmm. how you help people access services and resources. But to me, they're interchangeable terms but again like i said it all depends on sort of where you're practicing your work that really kind of defines what your clinical identifier yeah, but is. i
0: think but i think i i mean i i think i have to just be honest is that when people say social worker there's you know people automatically think you got 50 cases you're working for child welfare and that's it you're an ongoing social worker you know ongoing uh case manager or whatever and there's only just one level to that and so I think that's just how people how people kind of think about it in terms of in terms of social work that way um even in terms of everything that you do I'm not sure if there is one word that actually describes all of your skills and how you use them
1: well to be honest, that all depends on who you're talking to and what people's experiences. To be honest,
0: well, if we look at when you tell people what you do for work, and people are like, oh man, that's a hard job. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, like- they only they only say that when,
1: <laughs> well, they only say that when you start to tell them what your actual work is. Yeah,
0: but most of the time, there isn't like people don't want to ask you like questions about that. You know what I mean? It's not like people, and then you're like, oh, no, or, you know, like, oh, no, I'm a therapist. You know, I'm a clinician. People are like, oh, you're a clinician. Okay, so what do you, so what is your specialty? You tell people you're a social worker, it's like, flat line. No one wants to hear anything else.
1: It all depends. They might ask. It's not even specialty. They might, because we don't really consider ourselves specialty. I think it's more of a niche. It's a niche. I mean, I guess that could be a specialty, but that's. But social workers do all kinds of different things. Right. Well, so that's the, what's right. well, but things, awesome right. about well, social exactly, workers. Well, exactly, but for
0: the most part, nobody knows that. They only know the one job. They only know the one, one job, and that is the grind, 100 cases. <laughs> 100 uh, cases. Now you're 100, exaggerating. 100, I mean, all right, 25 cases for one person. You're going to make visits at people's houses. You know what I mean? And that's it.
1: I understand that, but generally, I understand where you're coming from, what you're saying, but generally, let's, you know, just to keep it basic, social workers really are the glue in a lot of situations. And they don't, they're not valued to be the glue in a lot of different situations. But we keep a lot of our societal issues and concerns and worries, we keep things together. People just don't. It's, social workers are misunderstood as to what their role is. Mm-hmm. And part of that has a lot to do with our experiences are so vast. Like you can work in our healthcare, you can work in child protection, you can work in a nursing home, you can work in you know just providing therapy for kids and parents. Mm, right. There's just so many things that social workers could do. We're trained across a spectrum right. of issues, right. but we're really the glue.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I just like you said, I just don't think I don't think people see that. I think there needs to be like love and social work. If there was like no. on VH1 <laughs> and stuff like that, so people could actually really see <laughs> what happens.
1: Silly. You're silly. You know what <laughs> I mean? You know
0: someone who works for child welfare or someone who works as a therapist at a school. You know what I mean? Then people would have a better sense of what. What social workers do, and how can they, how they can use their skills in a different way, you know what I mean? Think about that. I That'd do. Be dope I,
1: I do know what you mean. I think. Else, I think the I issue is that people Loving who are work. psychiatrists and psychologists, because they have. The doctorate, the PhDs—they're wow. the ones that get all the credit for what happens. But the reality is, even those folks couldn't do what they do without social workers.
0: Well, I mean, I think well, what's what's interesting, what's interesting as well is that um, social workers, of course, can practice, you know, and do therapy and, and, and stuff like that. And I don't think, like I said, I don't think a lot of folks actually, you know, know that that you know the fact that you have uh, the credentials, like you said. Um, what are the credentials?
1: Well, so it's a hustle, right? So a lot of people have you can there's diff, varying levels of credentials for social workers. Mm-hmm. The lowest is a LSWA, which is a licensed social worker associate, lowest level. Don't That's have so, to. That have, sounds
0: really low, by the way.
1: Well, it is. I mean, you don't low. have to have a master's degree to have sounds that licensure. Low. But
0: not like that means anything because it doesn't.
1: No, it it really doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't mean anything. But let's mm-hmm. be clear about something. Licensure is professionalizing people. Is professionalizing a uh, industry or a a profession that used to really, that really came from grassroots. Right. People on the ground doing community action, organizing. Those right. are social workers. Right. You don't need credentials to do that. You right. need to You need street cred. Mm. You need to know how to, you need to understand what's going on in your community. You need to understand what it's like to take the bus in your community mm. and what, what you don't have access to. Mm. That's the bottom line. Wow. But those folks, you know, they can get these credentials. Right. But, you know, it's a hustle and we have to be clear that everything Everything's a hustle everything's about money right but the reality is what do you bring into it
0: wow that street cred is crazy it
1: is it I is mean, you is, gotta know
0: is that the difference between being chased out of somebody's house or not street credit
1: no, your ass will be chased all the time <laughs> <laughs> you you trying to do something that they don't want you to do so this is a you might get cut so, so. It's a little
0: bit different a little bit different street credit though
1: well i guess the difference is it's exclusive mm-hmm. so that's the lowest and then the highest right. is a license a licensed independent social worker which is a l we call it li mm-hmm. that's what i'm after right but that's where that's basically that's where the cheddar is mm i mean that's the... oh, wait, hold on,
0: let me hold up there may be some people that don't understand what cheddar is the cheddar is <laughs> the dinero the money the cheddar the bag you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying the bag it's, the it's access
1: people. to different positions that mm-hmm. have you know you get more money i mean right now i'm at lcsw which is a licensed clinical social worker so i have a lot of space to do a lot of different things mm-hmm. but I can only work under somebody else's licensure, somebody Mm. who has an LI, So that's where I'm at, I'm getting my hours. But the reality is that we have a lot of social workers. My mother was a social worker, never been trained, Mm. but she was doing social work all 42 years of her life. The community, the people in that community knew who was the person Mm. and they would go and they would ask for what they need, and she would do her best that's to figure right. out how to get them access to what they needed so right. that their children were healthy, they mm-hmm. were healthy. That's just the bottom line. Right. And that's glue. Mm. Nothing else. So I guess nothing else matters to me. I want to be the glue. Right. That's what I like being. So what I like about social work is that you can work in any kind of population. Right. Because some of the ethics and values are all the same across the board. Right. You start with where people are at.
0: Yeah. No, that's, no, that's, I think that's, I think that's incredibly important. Um, And it's something that, that more people don't necessarily do is really being able to, to meet people where they're at and then rise together. You know what I mean? Not trying to bring people down, not trying to talk down to people or anything like that. Meet people where they are. And then we rise together, Um, which is, which is incredible. So. With that said, um, what what spoke to you about um, the triggered project? Uh, Red actually started with the Red Monster, which was a short movie. Um, what spoke to you about about the project?
1: So the fact that there aren't many spaces for black and brown men to speak their truth. Mm-hmm. And to to talk about what's they've experienced in a setting where it's not about judgment and it's just about the person right. and about what they experienced right. And creating that space for other people to feel comfortable to talk about what happened to them. right. And what's different about the trigger project versus, you know, the Me Too movement, which I don't I don't have any qualms about that. I support Man. equally. What's different though is that the Trigger Project really focuses on how you bring people together
0: mm-hmm.
1: as a community. And what I mean by that is it's not run by gender, it's not run by color. Mm-hmm. It's just basic what happened to you mm-hmm. and how is how has that impacted your life and how many opportunities do you have to be in a community where it happened to other people, mm-hmm. but then there's us also people who are there to be supportive, right. like social workers, clinicians, right. psychologists, so right. on. And it's just a free it's freeing and it really speaks to my to what my beliefs and my ideals are, mm-hmm. which is really about, you know, like I don't subscribe to feminism. Mm-hmm. I subscribe to womanism because mm-hmm. it includes men and women. Mujerista? Mujerista.
0: Did I say the, the, my Spanish, my Puerto Rican accent okay?
1: That actually was the best that really? I heard for you.
0: Wow, I'm really impressed. <laughs> my Puerto Ricans <laughs> and my family would be really proud of me right now. Mm, no uh, even though I'm, I mean, I'm Bayesian, but my mm-hmm. Puerto Ricans and my family.
1: But it brings together what is real about black and brown communities mm-hmm. is being together the togetherness is what's
0: important to me right 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 and for those folks who just tuned in this is living a triggered life podcast Um, my name is Keith Maskell I have um, my partner in crime here Roxanne Maskell and we are you know the first couple of uh, sessions we're going you guys are going to get to know us a little bit and so I'm interviewing Roxanne um so we can, you guys can just kind of get to know her and, and hear all the brilliant things that that she has to say, because she is brilliant. Um, and just so you know, the Triggered Project, uh, www.triggeredone.com is the website. Triggered is a story of two men, Malik and Keith, both looking back at their lives, talking about their experiences. Uh, of being sexually abused, trying to, as they have grown into men, how they've processed that, and then looking towards uh, the future. Uh, we got a grant from the Boston Foundation. Thank you so much Two grants to be able to develop this piece. And we are now taking the conversation. <coughs> excuse um, me, sorry. Taking the conversation national, so to speak. Um, that's what's the, kind of sparked this podcast, uh, being a survivor, being in a relationship, Roxanne and I wanted to talk about what it's like, what it's like to, 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 to live a triggered life, to acknowledge the fact of what has happened in the past, and to seek positive relationships with loved ones, of course, uh, which is difficult, family, um, but also just us in general and how we've kind of dealt with it. Um, so that's what, that's what, that's what this podcast will be about. We'll have guests. We'll talk to people. Um, you hear about, uh, Roxanne and I's relationship in some ways and, um, you know, uh, we're going to have some fun. We're going to have some fun. So
1: is it, so just so that people know, is it triggered one, the number one or triggered O N E one dot com.
0: Always keeping me in line. www.triggered1. One as in one. One. KRS one 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 as the number. Dot com. Did y'all like that? Simple one, question. One. Complicated one. I had to answer. put a little hip hop in there for my hip, hip, hip hop heads that are out there. Um, triggered1.com. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. Of course, yes, we do have Twitter. Um, triggered one one two on Instagram triggered underscore O N E underscore that's how you can follow us and f- Facebook at triggered one O N E. That's how you find us we here talking to Roxanne Maskell.
1: Keith Maskell
0: Triggered Project.
1: So can I just say something about this podcast? That I wanted to sort of introduce that I did. Say. Say, I
0: mean, there's nobody else here but me and you, so <laughs> like I don't just have to ask permission. No, you don't have to necessarily ask permission. <laughs> I mean, okay. I mean, we, we kind of run this no, like it's right. me. It's me and you, so all right. You know what I'm saying?
1: Well, um, I just want to talk. I just want to say something about why it's called living a triggered life.
0: That'd be you know what that'd be awesome, Roxanne. Thank okay. you so much. <laughs> You're the bomb.
1: So Keith already talked about uh, identifying yes, that God he's yes, a I'm survivor. Cute.
0: Thanks.
1: Uh, and I and you know, the social work thing is to say you know we all survivors of complex trauma. That's the bottom line. You know what I'm saying? But I also am a survivor, and you know we have a story that will sort of uncover through this podcast. It's not all going to happen at once. But living a triggered life is really a way to talk about that we continue to feel triggered and be triggered throughout right. our lives. Mm-hmm. And how we manage that is what makes a difference. Mm. And so what you I like that yeah, you do. Yeah. So what you will see at least in the stage production of Triggered, which is also a piece of all of this. Is
0: this is triggered a one man show?
1: It's a one man show. Oh, okay that stars Keith Maskell. But one of the things mm. that we, that's really important to understand about living a triggered life is that being tr- that being triggered, it sort of never goes away. It's always there in some fashion or form. Right. It's just, it just looks different over time as mm. you evolve, as you grow, uh, as your relationships grow, um, but that's what's important to understand is that we once once triggered, you always gonna be triggered
0: mm right right, right that anno- i mean acknowledgement is important. It's so funny how you know you could work in uh, I do some work with uh full time actor but I do some work in schools and things like that, and so the kids have picked up on it you know it's a buzzword, oh, I feel triggered. Can I go to the nurse
1: <laughs> 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 like that language
0: man, I'm the way you're talking to me. Yo, the way you're talking to me right now? Yo, you got me mad triggered. You know what? I need to talk to the nurse. I'm out. <laughs> like, like, wow. You know, like who you who you been talking to? Who you been talking to? Y'all know how to you get yourself another way to get yourself out of class is talking about that you've been that you've been triggered. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And what 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 can folks what can folks say? You know, and there's so many people, there's so many folks that it happens to all the time. Emotional outbursts out of the blue. You look at people like that. What's wrong with them? Something happened. Something happened to, to that that sparked a memory that sparked something for an emotional for emotional outburst. You know, it happens. You know, it happens all the time. And I think trying to figure out what those things are, or trying to be in a relationship where someone can kind of tell you about it as you do your work, your self work. There's I think a lot of steps to it. It's a lot of a steps. A lot of to steps it. to it. It's a lot of steps.
1: Yeah. So that it doesn't impact your life in a way that you're not able to function.
0: It's a daily battle. That's the realness of it. It's a daily it's a daily battle. I know that, you know, I feel like, you know, fifteen years ago that 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 that, that, I, that I should have been, you know, Trying to work on myself a lot more, even though I was doing the best I could, no question. But there was definitely another level that I could have got to, um, you know, with kind of seeking therapy and things like that. But that's a process. That's a process within yourself. You know what I mean? Like, you know, in in, in our communities, and even as men, you know, it's supposed to be tough and and whatever. And so, what what does that mean? What does that mean for me if I if I need help that way? And who am I going to ask? And who am I going to talk to?
1: And where are you going to go?
0: And where am I going to go?
1: And, I, and being triggered or having certain experiences in your life, when you add a long-term relationship like ours, that's a lot. It's a lot.
0: hmm
1: And, you know, this is like I always talk about it, like this is black love in real life and living color. And that's what we're talking about, living a triggered life. Like we're talking about our black love and living that triggered life. And how do we don't... How we don't allow being triggered to deteriorate or destroy our our marriage, basically.
0: Mm. I'm married to you?
1: Oh, you didn't know that?
0: Oh my fault. My bad. Get your life. We jumped that broom, y'all. <laughs> we jumped that broom, y'all. We jumped it. No, I think this I mean I think I think that's that's important. That is just so important, and I don't think. And the thing about it is, is people like to give advice and and whatever. We feel like we're just another, we're just another couple that's trying to figure it out every single day. We're not experts in about a lot of things, um. But the fact that, but we do feel like sharing is important, um. Incredibly important, not just for, the, you know, doing this just because it's connected to the project or whatever, just because it's something that we've always talked about. Um, I call myself a ghetto therapist.
1: You're talking about um, the podcast or something else? I'm talking about the podcast.
0: Okay. We're talking about the podcast. we about doing, you know, at one point we talked about, wow, we should work with couples and, and stuff like that. But I'm, but I've been known as a ghetto therapist. Dum, 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 dum. You know what I mean? Some of that people just always talk to, and just start telling stories. Hoodology, you know I mean? right? Hoodology. <laughs> you know, I just put out like it's five cents. Up words. I do it like like the Peanuts old style. Five cents. <laughs> Hook me up. You know. But I think, I think also too, because my my mom was a big hairdresser and things like that. So, you know, I cut hair and things. You know, a little, a little hobby. But one of Gascals. the
1: things why. I've- I just want to get back one of the things about why this podcast is important I think to mm-hmm. me yeah. is that both being survivors living those triggered lives mm-hmm. we're really it has an impact on our relationship we're really not meant to have lasted as long as we have
0: no no you were supposed to have meant to like mess this up a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Y'all yeah. can't see me but straight side <laughs> eye right now. And that's and that's that's what's important to talk about because that this has been a process.
0: So you don't think that we that we that that uh that we were supposed to
1: last? No. I, I think there's a lot of people around us that when and if they find out that this is what this is the deal. Like it's a lot of people around us don't oh, they friend, have no idea. They don't know. They have no idea. And I don't regularly disclose. Right. So. So
0: thank you, by the way. Oh. Thank you.
1: Thank no, you. that's that's all right. That's that's what this is about. Right. So I don't really disclose my history. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm an incest survivor, basically. Right. But I don't really disclose my history. People have no idea. Right how much this is a huge part of our marriage and Mm. our relationship and the things that go down sometimes that we have to work through. And my hope is that we're going to be able to give people listening to this podcast some hope and some ideas about how to really start processing what's happened to them in their lives and how much impact that's having on their relationships. Mm-hmm. Because that's where you get when you start feeling isolated, and you've been triggered. That's when you just feel total hopelessness. That's
0: right, that's right, that's right, that's right. And we were just having you know had some really great conversations today with a couple people and, and things like that, and really trying to process. For for you know, folks was really folks were really trying to process you know a relationship and their role in it and things like that. But the but the one thing that was not there. Uh, one thing that wasn't necessarily talked about until, um, you know, we kind of asked some questions, was what happened to them as a child. How did that affect them in the relationship? And I think that's a really hard—that's a really hard process to 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 grapple and to come. You
1: mean with. in an intimate partner relationship? Yes.
0: Yes. Oh, yes.
1: absolutely. I mean, yes. especially as when men, when we grow up, that's what. That's how we learn right. how to be in relationship with mm-hmm. other people. Right. Like, that's everything. We just right. don't. We need help recognizing what it is. Right. Like, what we learned as values of relationships, mm. or what we learned as values of men and women. Right. But that all gets poured into what you do. We just don't. Right. We don't utilize therapy that much, so we don't have no one to process that with.
0: Right, and who's? I mean, who's going to tell us? You know, and sometimes the people that are that are raising us or have had their own trauma, which they don't tell us about, to protect us, or is it protect them? To protect us, or is it protect them?
1: I don't even know if it's protection. I think it, I mean Survival. you could describe it as that, mm-hmm. but. A lot of people don't believe in talking about what happened to them because they're not sure what's going to happen and they're afraid of falling apart. As if falling apart is something to be afraid of.
0: Well, I mean, you just not... I, I mean, uh, I, I could be a keep 100. Sometimes you're not sure if you want to speak what the truth is because you're not sure what's going to happen after. There's such a fear of actually trying to face the hardest thing that you've ever had to face because you're not sure what else is going to come with it. You don't know if you're going to fall apart, if you're going to, the fear is, is whether or not you can get it back together and keep it moving.
1: Right. But the strength is actually doom. That is like actually the best thing to do because you're not letting it live in your body. Yeah. But here's
0: the thing, but also too, but let's think about it like this, but then, then who's going to help you, who's going to help you try to put it all back together. That's the hardest thing.
1: Sometimes that's when you find out who is, who are the people.
0: I mean, it's, it's a, it's, a, it's yeah, and most of the time there's not anybody there. It's a tough, I mean, it's a tough, it's a tough risk. It's a tough risk in some ways to allow yourself to just, like, crumble like like some Play-Doh. Like someone squished you like some Play-Doh. You know well, what I'm saying? I like, guess
1: I'm just super hopeful because I feel like...
0: It's all about support. It is all about like support. It's all about support. But I feel like...
1: There are so many different things that help us be resilient as black and brown people that even if you crumble, that's just the beginning of your rising up.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's no there's no question about there's no question about that. There's no question about that. And people find, you know, people find their way to survive. People find their way back, back up. But having that support definitely makes no agree. Finding the right and finding the right support, which is the other thing that's incredibly difficult. Yeah incredibly difficult to find that support to be like okay i got my i got my i got my folks and i got my folks so
1: wait you're talking uh, about therapy i'm gonna fall apart right? you're talking about therapy
0: and other type of supports people family like you know because sometimes your family can help you out in a lot of different ways sometimes faith can help you out in a lot of ways give you the structure and stuff like that um i'm cute next i'm not cute
1: I mean that's irrelevant <laughs> to I mean, the conversation. I'm just asking
0: the question. Am I cute? Can I ask that question? Am I cute?
1: I think you know how I'm gonna answer that question.
0: You see how you see how it is, right? I can't even get a cute. You see how stuffs in the way of the relationship? I can't even get a cute.
1: No, right now you're not getting it. You get it other times.
0: You see y'all? Yo? You see the narrative that I'm painting of her. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Whatever. What helped you? What helped me what? Get to the place that you're at. Um, what was the support for you?
0: You, number one. I thought that was great. Um, one, also being forced into a situation where uh, it was a mirror to how much work I needed to do. I think that was an incredibly uh, not helpful situation, but also helpful. Um, and I think that I found, I was lucky enough to find a really dope therapist.
1: How did you find that therapist? Well, here's how I <clears throat> found a
0: the therapist. I went, to my, I went to this woman by the name of Roxanne, right? And I said, yo, Rox." <laughs> <laughs> she said, yo, Keith. She said, yo, Keith. <laughs> You you need to get you behind in therapy. And I was like, yeah, all right. So she made a phone call, right? Because I I had to ask for help. I had to ask for help. And sometimes that's the most hardest thing to do. She'd been telling me or whatever I had to ask. I said, all right, I need help. I need help. She made the call, called the insurance company or whatever. And then luckily, is that what happened? No. What happened? see that's the whole thing that was a set up y'all y'all didn't realize that that was no. that was a relationship set up. like she asked the question knowing that she knew the answer and I wasn't going to tell the story right which doesn't <laughs> happen very often so tell the story
1: so you did get forced into a situation Jesus. where you were crumbling basically before my eyes but I didn't know you were crumbling and then you told me enough for me to realize that you were falling apart but at that point there was nothing I could do. I was sort of powerless in the situation. So the only thing I could mm, think of was, how do I get this dude into some therapy? How do I find him a black ma- male therapist? Because I feel like that's what would be helpful. Do you know how hard it is to find a black male therapist? It's not easy. It's like a needle in a haystack. Mm-hmm. So No question. I was in therapy, so I asked my therapist, mm. who was old school therapist in the community... Mm. And knew about this one guy, and so we worked to try to make sure that he could accept our insurance and so right. on. We'll call
0: him EW. That's what we're gonna call EW. EW.
1: But that was after months of trying to convince EW. Keith of mm. going to. You need to go to therapy EW. because, I like this ain't working for us at this point. You're falling apart in front of me, so it took a while. That's what happened? Yes.
0: I know. Sometimes sometimes I'm not sure what, you know, there's different versions of things or whatever. But okay. I'm going well, to rock with Well, that's my perspective. I'm going to rock with you. That's my perspective. I'm going to rock with you, though.
1: But we'll, we're we going to tease this out. It's not going to be today. But I'm going to rock
0: with you, though. I'm going to rock so with you.
1: the quick story is, finally got you to that therapist. And I could feel, hear, hear the difference in you. But I had to but go. It, was, it was really hard finding this dude.
0: I mean, the thing about it is, I mean, the key, it, it, it was very, it was very difficult. And the thing about it is, um, you know, <clears throat> I am a proud Bayesian with Puerto Ricans in this family. Um, but you know, Western I am Barbados. Big shout out to Barbados or the Bejas. Stand up, gotta say that. Um, but you know, I mean, still in Bayesian culture, West Indian culture. wait, what, 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 what? What's wrong with you? Well, you gonna go talk, you're gonna tell people your business? Well, you're gonna go to Sydney Road, like something wrong with you. Like that was, you know, that's kind of what it was. You know what I mean? My, my, my people should have been in therapy since when they came out the womb here. Yeah? But, you know, that didn't necessarily happen. So it was, you know, it was difficult. You know, I had to just actually say to myself that I needed it, you know? And, you know, I wasn't, I also was really incredibly scared because I wasn't sure what was gonna come out. Was I, re- you know, really talk about, talk about the abuse, talk about the things that I needed to talk about. I didn't know what was coming out with it. I don't know what else. What got you there?
1: If you're that scared, I had what to step got up.
0: you there? I had to step up. For it wasn't who? about me. It was about you. It was about us. That's what it was about. There was When it was a choice and it was like, you know, man, if I don't do this, like, I need to do this. I need to do this for us. I need to do it for me and take care of myself. And taking care of myself is taking care of her. And taking care of us. That's what I had to realize. I always knew it. I always try to put her first and put our relationship first and whatever. But when my issues really started getting in the, in the way, I had to make a decision. You know, do I choose? I got to choose me. And choosing me and being responsible for myself and my care and my mental stability and things like that was the best thing that I could have done to take care of us and to take care of her. And I think that's something that that gets, that gets lost. You know, it gets lost in relationships. That's not. That's not even anything that's a, been a dialogue. We've we've talked about it. She's responsible for herself, and her and her being, and mental being, and whatever. And I'm responsible for myself. We can, of course, we need if we need help. We ask. There's no question about it. It's not Like we're both on an island. Where we don't support each other. But you know, being knowing that I'm responsible for myself that way. And thinking about that and the responsibility that I have to myself and also to her, it's kind of a duality thing, really just made the, made a huge difference uh, with it. And it definitely felt like it definitely made me a better a better man, a better person. But to be able to sit across from someone who understood, who understood Bayesian culture and things like that... Uh, But also was a little bit about
1: Ew. Yeah, Ew, Ew,
0: Ew. EW. Big shout out to Ew. Thank you so much. You the man. Ew. Um, but being able to sit across from somebody and with no judgment, not someone who was just you know sitting there and staring at the wall or whatever, but was actually engaged in the conversation and stuff like that, um, was a was a big you know was a big deal that would actually react and things. And I feel like that was
1: that's called validation, yo. That's that's called. Yeah, because it means that somebody sees you, mm. somebody hears you, yes. Somebody can give you back feedback, yes. You know, validate your existence, right? Validate that you're not all the things that you think you are. Can you validate? Or what?
0: Can you validate that I'm cute? Strike two.
1: Keep going. Now that you interrupted me, I'm sorry. Excuse me but that's validation, you know. That, mm. that's simple validations and sometimes that's what that's what a therapist can do. Just right. be sitting there and acknowledging your existence, acknowledging right. what you went through. Right. And keeping it basic and simple. Right. I call it the dump truck. When dump truck. when I talk to people about therapy, I'm like, let's let's envision this as a dump truck. Mm-hmm. You got a whole bunch of stuff, junk in your truck. All you need did, did to you do say-
0: Junk in your truck?
1: Yes, I said. Junk in your truck? Junk yes, that's what I said.
0: Okay. I mean, you got you got to explain that because, I mean, well, we got some people out here. You got that,
1: stuff in. You got bags. You got all kinds of stuff inside your truck. And therapy to me is about how do you put that dump truck in reverse mm-hmm. and dump.
0: Mm. I mean, I- I'll be honest with you. I always talk about it when the first time I went to the first time I went to, you know, the therapy, I went to the intake person and I beat that. I beat that. I beat that behind. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I always talk about it because I was just slapping her across the face with issues and stories.
1: You know what I'm saying? Like, and you just, this happened to me right, and then this, this happened right, exactly. and then that happened. Right. Yeah,
0: right, exactly. <laughs> like I would just hit like I was like just hit. <clears> I was just like I had a bat and I was just hitting her across the face with everything. And you could see your eyes being like, what? And what happened? And what else? You know what I mean? And that was like an hour and a half. You know, it was like diarrhea. It was like diarrhea of the mouth. No, diarrhea of the abuse, <laughs> I guess. And so that's how, I, that's how I thought about it. I was like, well, if I'm gonna do this, I'm just gonna get it out because I don't I don't know what's gonna happen next time mm. or, the intake or whatever. Is,
1: <laughs> the intake is just about her. you try, about someone trying bad. to figure out oh what God. kind of therapist you're looking for. What what are some of the beat issues? Her. Because so sometimes some of us specialize in certain issues. Right?
0: Yeah. She didn't. She just did specialize in black men. I'm gonna She's, tell you that.
1: No, she specialized <laughs> in being able to take the information and moving it along. I and think and she you was just scarred. Ran over her with <laughs> she the was truck. Scarred.
0: I think I scarred her for real.
1: Well, I mean, but let's let's. She got wrote a book about it. But here's me. a reality about this. Yes. How many black men you think come in and do an intake at that place, the place oh, that we're no. talking about?
0: Oh which no. Which is a
1: really hard environment to saying. go to because was, everybody's in different stages of. I was of, in case study. You know. No,
0: there's no question about it. Like you know, you walking in and you're sitting around and people are looking at you. You're like, the people know. People know I got issues. <laughs>
1: Well, and then people some people are issues. sitting there looking like they have right. issues. Let's yes. be honest about this. No question. There was a couple so folks then, who were
0: medicated. No yeah, question. So
1: then you feel like, I, I don't think this is the right place. So then you have right. somebody smoking cigarettes right. after cigarette after right. cigarette, right. talking to everybody in the waiting room. Or, we do not do we really need the sound effects? Or they're sitting there just sorry. staring at you in this very odd way. Mm. Like, it's an uncomfortable space.
0: Yeah, it's not. that's true. That's true. I remember, just yeah. I think, and I think that felt so uncomfortable. I had the anxiety that I just, I just took it out on the intake person. I
1: think you did.
0: And I'm okay with that. But also,
1: you were virgin, so therapy virgin.
0: So, so let me just be clear with the, the choice words that you've used so far, <laughs> or phrases. So, junk in the trunk, and virgin. So I just wanna, I just wanna point that out. I'm sorry. Just wanna, I can't just help wanna, myself. Just want to point that out. Is that a New York thing? A New York thing? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So, do you speak Spanish? Yes. Oh. oh.
1: Why? Why is that important?
0: I just thought if some people may you know just want to know if you speak Spanish at all and stuff like that. Oh. You know what I mean? I thought that might be in something important. People may want to know whether or not you speak Spanish. Oh, for those people who are just joining us, you are listening to living a triggered life podcast with Keith and Roxanne Maskell. Um, this has been great, Roxanne. Thank you so much for coming and, and agreeing to do this, uh, for being actually our first guest. Um, for the podcast, I think that was pretty uh pretty excellent pretty awesome uh do you were able to share your thoughts about uh your work why triggered a little bit a little bit about the triggered project as well i think it's i think it's i think folks uh hopefully folks will want to come back and listen to us some more um we plan to keep doing this um I don't know if we have a choice to stop, but, uh, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep rocking, keep trying to tell stories, keep trying to get people to tell their stories and valid, be validated and also give resources as well. Uh, Website is www.triggeredone as in the number one.com. We do have a resource page as well for folks who want to get, who want to get help. Um, or and folks
1: who want to give us their information exactly, to get referrals. Exactly,
0: exactly, exactly. We're located. We're, we're, you know, we do this out of. We do this out of out of uh, Boston, Massachusetts. Um, but we definitely are worldwide, worldwide, worldwide. Um, that was that was my attempt at some special effects. Um, but we're really excited and very happy and humbled um, for this opportunity to be able to uh, do, bring this podcast to you. And um, hopefully y'all will listen. I mean, that's <laughs> that's. I mean, hopefully y'all will listen. I mean, that's what I got. You know, Roxanne.
1: Yes, Keith.
0: Um, is there anything else you'd like to say?
1: No, I'm good.
0: I mean, you talked for almost an hour, so um, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I talked almost a half an hour. I should say.
1: Well, you know, I get warmed up.
0: That's right, girl. Warm it up.
1: Engines revving.
0: Uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. I'm in trouble. I talk about engines being engines being revved up. It's warm. Is it purr?
1: That's a private conversation, sir.
0: Wow! Really? After dump truck, virgin. <laughs> now you talk about private. You know what I'm saying? You just close, really now you're cl- like you closing it up now? That's that's what's up.
1: Yeah, we're wrapping up the show oh here. Oh,
0: goodness gracious. Y'all see, y'all see what it is. Yo, this is real. <laughs> this is 100% real. No question. But if anybody wants to produce Love and Social Work, hit me up because we can get it done. I think it would be incredibly fascinating. I think, you know, we can get more uh people of color involved in it and things like that. Um, or, you know, one and sick one are or, or actually loving therapists. I think it be really great. Um uh, big shout out to Tahaji P. Henson, who's really has a new great new foundation, um and is really trying to get more folks of color into the field. Uh, it's incredible. Uh, you know, and she's talked about her her struggles and things to be able to find a therapist. Um, as well. And that's one thing we'll be talking about too. We're going to talk about the process that people can go through to find, to find a therapist. Now that therapy is, you know, sometimes not for everybody and things like that. It's a hard thing to be able to do. Um, but it's important to know how to do it. And when you decide if that's something for you, I think that's just important.
1: And there's more types of therapy than just talk
0: correct and that's it that right and that's that's important that's important People don't know that right and we're gonna have a show where we're going to talk about we're going to talk about different types of therapy and things like that I'm an artist and things and being an actor um, not to use my art as a therapy but it is something that it, that can be ther- very therapeutic but thank you guys so much uh, for listening in to. Living a Triggered Life podcast with Keith and Roxanne Maskell. Um, And we will see you all next time. Remember, thriving is better than surviving. We out, y'all. Asshay. Asshay.